Well, thanks, Hannah and Raleen. I'm really excited to share the Word of God tonight because I know what God can do with His Word. And if you're excited for the Word of God tonight, why don't you comment below the Bible emoji? Let's be engaged in the comments and let's really lean in, just as Raleen said earlier. And you know, I really won't believe that God wants to deposit something into your heart tonight. I really believe that God wants to change something in each and every one of us, that God wants to grow us to be bigger and better people. And that's what happens when we dig into his word. So I'm going to pray before we get started. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray along with me. Comment the prayer hands emoji and let's get started. God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for what it can do in our lives. And I pray for every single person at home that you would be speaking into their life, God, that this wouldn't just be something to tickle their ears, but it would be something that helps to change them from the inside out. Lord, I pray that you would help us to see the world in a new way today because we have dug into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, like I said, let's stay engaged and uh, be commenting throughout the whole service. I want to see your comments and really lean in tonight. But I'm going to start off with a story uh, about a crazy lady who came in to my work once when I worked in retail. And all the retail workers, you know what a crazy customer is like. You guys feel me. Comment below if you are a real retail worker or if you've worked retail, you know what crazy customers are like. But she came in and she wanted to return this item. Uh, but our store had a strict policy. We would not return items that didn't have proof of purchase. But not only did this woman not have proof of purchase, but we didn't even sell this item. It was a pool and we didn't sell these pools. And I looked up in the Target catalogue, which was another store, not the store that I worked at, And I found the the pool that she was trying to return. And I showed this lady, I was like, you can't return this pool because uh, it's from Target and you don't have a receipt. And she started to get real angry and she was causing a real fuss and she was getting mad at me and she was asking for the manager to come down. And so I was like, okay, I know my manager and and he's just going to say the exact same thing. And you know, she, she was just getting even more mad and, and all these people, all these other customers were looking and it was causing quite a scene. And my manager came down and she started to go off at my manager um, and he basically just sent her out the door because he knew the exact same thing. He'd been working there. He'd never seen that pool before. Uh, but, you know, she knew what she wanted. She was determined to get what she wanted. But the big fuss that she made and all the noise that she made, it didn't help her get what she wanted. And I'm sure we've all seen this situation play out before where someone can create heaps of noise, make a really big rant, but it doesn't change the situation at all. Anyone who's been on a road trip would know this. And hey, you haven't been on a real road trip unless you've nearly died from the person's driving. Comment below if you've nearly died (laughs) in a a road trip. And uh, maybe if you're really brave, you'll tag that person who was driving but I'll leave that up to you. But anyway, I'm quite happy to name and shame. We were on a road trip and Georgia Coles was driving and we nearly died in this road trip because I decided to play a prank on Georgia and she absolutely hated chewing gum. And I had chewing gum and and, and I finished it. So I spat it out and put it in the wrapper and I wrapped it up nicely. And she had this bag of lollies that she was eating from. And I put the chewing gum into that bag. And so when she was driving, she just put her hand into the bag to get out one of the lollies and she touched 
uh, my chewing gum, gum wrapper. And as soon as she realized what she touched, she started to freak out. And, you know, she was swerving lanes and she started to speed up. And, uh, and, and I didn't realize that it was going to have this effect. But everyone in the back seat, we started screaming. We were like, Georgia, what are you doing? You know, we were trying to get her to get back in her lane. But all of our screaming, it didn't change the way that the car was going. All of our shouting and backseat driving, it didn't change uh, what the car was doing. And you know, sometimes we can make such a big noise, but it doesn't influence like we want it to influence. It can just be nothing but ineffective noise. And we've seen this play out on Facebook. Uh, You know, we've, we've seen people who just have a huge rant on Facebook. It doesn't change anything. Um, Maybe you've had a customer come in to you and tell you that your company needs to change its policy, but you know, you're just the admin person or you're just the checkout person. You're just the person who's at the front desk, you know, and you can't change the company policy. And so their big rant, it doesn't actually change anything. You know, maybe you've heard a friend rant about their parents, but it's not like, it's not like you can do anything to change their parents or, or maybe your grandparents love telling you what the government should or shouldn't be doing or you have workmates gossiping left, right and centre about their friends and family. And, you know, all of this noise that people make, these opinions that people have, they, they, they project them out and they make them really loud. But a loud voice doesn't end up influencing much at all. And when I think about my life, I don't want my life to be just a loud voice. I don't want to be the guy who just rants about everything. You know, last week I saw uh, a social media challenge uh, which I felt was ironically being destructive to the very cause that it was trying to advocate. But, uh, you know, I thought about what I could post on Facebook and I, and I thought about how I could be really um, passive-aggressive and, and make all of the people who took the challenge feel bad because uh, they didn't see it the way that I saw it. But, you know, then I, before I posted, I thought you know what, I, I actually want to influence this in a positive way. I don't want to be negative about it. And so I thought about how I could change my wording from being just a rant to something that would actually help people. And when I posted it, I actually had people inboxing me and just saying how helpful it was. And, and one person even saying to me like, oh, I've been feeling the same way, but I just, I just didn't know how to word it. And I think that really points out the difference between just having an opinion and being a loud ranter uh, and, and actually influencing culture in a positive way. You know, I think if I just had a rant, I would have just been a loud voice. I would have been something that the Bible just calls a loud gong. But if we want to influence culture in a positive way, we've got to take it further than just pointing out what's wrong in this world. And, you know, Hannah and I, being the leaders of uh, young adults at New Hope, We want to see young adults who actually can have a positive impact in our culture. We don't just want to be people who have loud voices and who have opinions about things, but we want to have a positive influence on the culture around us. And man, if that's you, I actually think that we can do this. This is something that's really not hard to achieve. And that's what I want to talk about tonight is how to have a positive influence on culture. If that's you, give me a thumbs up in the comments if you want to be that kind of person. You know, because I really think that people who just have a loud voice, they're going to struggle to have influence. And being salt and light for Jesus, 
is not just about complaining on social media about the state of the world and how it should be. It's not just about shouting rules at people. It's not just about telling people how they're living wrong and and how they should be doing things different. It's not just about throwing mindless verbiage at someone so that they feel like they're an idiot and feel like they've never thought about it the way that you have or, or calling people uneducated and misguided. But it's having a positive influence on culture is about much more than that. It's about something really different. And I want to look at the way that Jesus did it. And you know, Jesus, he had a way of being able to open people's eyes to a new way of seeing the world. His parables, they were often used as subversive critique to dismantle his listeners' views and to help them to, sh- to show them a new way of seeing the true nature of God's kingdom. And I love this model that Jesus sets. He doesn't waltz in saying, hey, my way of doing this is better. I'm, I'm better here. I've got the better way of, of seeing things and you should listen to me. You know, he wasn't coming in with a pompous attitude. He first helped people to self-reflect on their attitudes and on their values and perceptions. And he allowed them to come to a realization of their fractured and unhelpful views rather than just calling it out straight. And that's what his parables did. They were subversive critique. And I love looking at his parables in those ways, but uh, that's not the, the lane that I want to go down tonight and try and teach us about how to tell parables in that way. But I want to look at a conversation that Jesus had, which I feel was you know, in the exact same vein. And we can watch how he dismantles their views and then helps turn them around so that they see the world in a complete new way. And this is in Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And it says, that same day, Sunday, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles out of Jerusalem. And as they walked along the road, they were talking about Jesus' death. And then suddenly Jesus himself came alongside them and joined them and began walking beside them. But they didn't recognize him because God kept that from them. You seem to be in deep discussion about something, Jesus said. What are you guys so concerned about? And they stopped short and sadness was written across their faces. And I love this moment that Jesus enters into the conversation. He asks them about themselves. He said, you guys are in deep conversation about something. Tell me about that. What are you so concerned about? And these guys, they get vulnerable because it says that sadness was written across their faces. And if you read on, it goes to say about how they begin to tell Jesus about how they're disappointed because they thought that... um, Jesus was going to do something in a certain way that they had expected, but Jesus did it in a different way that they couldn't yet see. And they were, they were really sad about this. And going on to verse 27, it says, Then Jesus talked to them and he quoted to them passage after passage from the writings of the prophets, beginning with the book of Genesis and going right on through the scriptures, explaining what the passages meant and what they had said about himself. And so Jesus began to explain, you know, how his plan had been unfolding all along and maybe they just didn't realize it. They thought Jesus was going to do it this way, but then Jesus, he begins to pluck passage after passage and he helps them to see this in a whole new way and how God's story was actually continuing to unfold. Verse 32, and it says that they began telling each other about how their hearts had felt strangely warm. Other versions say that their hearts were were burning within them as Jesus talked with them and explained the scriptures during their walk down the road. And you know, I I love that because it shows that after Jesus had talked to them, 
their entire attitude had completely changed. They began to be hopeful. They began to see that God truly was still at work, that God's plan was still moving forward. And you know, I believe that each and every one of us, we can have that influence in our culture. We can have that influence in our families and friends. We can take people from being sad and upset about a situation and we can help them to see that God is still moving in their life. We can actually have that positive influence. Jesus, he went into the conversation and he lifted it and he took it somewhere else into a place where they saw their world in a whole new way. And I really believe that we can take people on that same journey. We can help them to see the world in a new way. We can help them to see God as moving in their life. We can help to see how, how, how God wants to do a new thing in their life. And, and I think that that's when we can really have a positive influence in culture, when we can do the same thing where we take people on that journey. They were hopeful. They were excited. They were wide-eyed. And you know, Jesus... He didn't bang on on their conversation from the outside. He didn't come in and and try and crash tackle the whole thing. He picked it up where it was and he brought it to a new place of life and hope. And I believe that we can do the same thing. You know, I used to think that influencing culture was like coming in and being really abrupt and obvious. You know, when people were swearing around me, I used to say things like, hey, please don't swear around me. Like, I, I really don't appreciate it. And I thought that my being abrupt would sort of force them to, uh, to see things differently, but I don't really know that it helped that much. You know, I would say things try with a humorous edge. I'd be like, y'all need Jesus, you know? And I just thought that that might help, but it kind of was just a bit abrupt and it didn't really have any context and there was no reasoning behind it. And I don't know if it helped people see the world in a new way. And I'm sure that we've all had similar experiences that got really awkward. Give me that hands up emoji in the comments if you have had an awkward conversation where you tried to influence culture for Jesus and it didn't turn out the way that you thought. You know, we've all tried it and it didn't go well, but Jesus, he has a much more natural way. And I think that this is a great model for us when we want to influence culture in a positive way. And so let's rewind and look at verse 17 and how Jesus entered the conversation. It says, you seem to be in deep discussion about something, he said. What are you so concerned about? And so the first thing that I want us to look at as to how we can positively influence culture is we've got to enter where people are. You know, Jesus, he didn't come in with his Um, his new way of seeing things, he came in and simply asked about them and how they were going and what they were thinking about and what they were talking about. And, uh, and, And he listened to their struggles. And, you know, I think we've got to do the same thing. We've got to be able to listen to people's struggles, hear how people are feeling. And, you know, the reason that people hold the views that they have, which sometimes we think that's such a weird view to hold, it's quite often it's not them being weird or they've, or, you know, them just coming to that conclusion out of nowhere. It's probably born out of a true life experience that they had that was really significant to them. And when you just come in and you just try and throw your worldview on someone, it can sometimes feel like you're just dismissing their past. You're dismissing the significant events that made them who they are. And, uh, and people can just really feel unheard. And I remember uh, when I was leading youth, I had a certain leader who was doing something for me and they kept making this same mistake. 
and I had told them so many times about how to not make this mistake and I really thought I'd helped them. And I just remember one time just, just being like, man, like, what's going on? Like, why do you keep making the same mistake? And, um, and, and, and I was really angry at the time and it didn't come out well. And later I actually found out that that person was suff- struggling with anxiety and I felt so bad because... Uh, I didn't realize that the reason that they made mis- this mistake was because, you know, they, they were just getting anxious and they didn't want to disappoint. And, and you know, I would have I handled that situation so much more differently. But because I didn't take the time to sit down and talk to them about what was going on in their life, I missed the opportunity. And I, I reckon I probably really offended them. And, you know, if we want to help people, we can't just walk in and just go you know, here's my worldview. We can't just say, stop it. You know, we've got to be able to understand that person and understand uh, where they're coming from. So I want to ask us the question, are you willing to see the story and hear the story of people that you're talking to and of people that have different views to you? Because I reckon you'll be so surprised when you hear people's life story about why they believe what they believe and it will help you to, it'll put you on a platform that's way better than just coming in cold to be able to positively influence them. And the second question that I want to ask is, you know, do you assume that people who hold different worldviews to you, that um, they've just come to it because maybe they're just stupid? Because sometimes we don't think that consciously, but subconsciously we're just going, you're an idiot. And I think we've got to check the way that we think about things. Because sometimes we don't consider the fact that someone might have had a significant life event that has caused them to feel that way. You know, sometimes we do dismiss the possibility of their backstory. So that's the first thing Jesus did. He entered into their situation. He found out about them and who they were and about their situation. And then he redirected the conversation. So we've got to do the same. We can begin to redirect. And verse 27 says, Jesus quoted passage after passage. And, you know, I can see Jesus introducing heaps of new thoughts that these guys hadn't even considered before going, well, you know, you're really sad that that it didn't turn out the way that you wanted. But what about this scripture that says this? What about that person who said this? What about this quote? What about this way of thinking? And he began to change the whole mood because he began to bring in new points of reference a new source material that changed their perspective, brought them the bigger picture and helped them to see, the, the, see things the way they truly were. And, you know, there's a lot of things in this world that needs redirection. People's attitude towards the government, bullying, discrimination, mental health, people's attitude towards those who are addicted to substances. And, you know, we can't just, we can't just redirect people's thinking by simply walking in and saying, you're wrong. You know, when Jesus changed these guys' minds, he brought up scripture after scripture. He knew what he was talking about. And too often, we're guilty of holding the right views, but we don't actually know why we hold those views. We don't know the reason why. And so when it comes time to try and influence culture, we can't because we we can't provide our reasoning. And, you know, James in the New Testament writes a letter and he says that we should always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we hold. And I love that thought because um, it means that at any moment we're prepared to positively influence culture. 
And this week, unfortunately, we lost a great man, Ravi Zacharias. He passed away. And he helped so many hundreds of thousands of people shape their views because he had done you know, lots of research and he had really thought through the reasoning behind why he had the faith that he had. And he helped so many people to um, put that reasoning into the bank of their brain, I suppose, and to be able to share that with others. And he helped influence so many people and he positively influenced culture in such a huge way because he had the reasons. He knew why he believed what he believed. And same with Jesus when it came to uh, helping to redirect the thinking of these two guys on the road to Emmaus, he was able to pull scripture after scripture out and he was able to show them the new way of thinking because he knew what he was talking about. And so I want to ask you the question, why do you believe what you believe? Do you actually know why? Is it just a gut feeling? Can you explain it out loud? And I think that's the real test, is being able to explain out loud why you believe what you believe and not just feel it on the inside, because when you actually have a chance to talk about it, that's when it solidifies in your life. It'll either solidify and you'll hold that belief or you'll realize this belief, you know, maybe there's more to it that I haven't considered. And that's why I love that our church is running the Alpha course. And comment below if you've been part of the Alpha course every, um, every week because it's just awesome. It's a place where you can explore life and faith. You can ask questions, you can say things out loud, and it really helps you to solidify some beliefs in your life and and to begin to see new perspectives. And uh, so get along to the Alpha course if you can, but that's the whole point of it. And, and, And that's what I think we need to begin to do about our beliefs, begin to come to a place where we can explain them to others so that we can positively influence culture, not just say you're wrong and you should think this way, but positively influence culture like Jesus. He entered conversation and when he left, he left it different. You know, those guys, they were excited that Jesus helped shape their view. They were so excited that they ran to tell others and they were saying, man, our hearts, they, our hearts burnt within us. And so we need to ask the question of ourselves, you know, when I exit a conversation, how do people feel? Do they feel better? Do they feel different? Have you helped shape the conversation in a positive, non-condescending way? And hey, I really believe for all of us that Jesus wants to help us to see the world in a new way, to bring us to a point where we're hopeful for our future. And for so many people that are tuned into Church Online right now, Jesus has done something in our life. Jesus is playing a part in our life that is, is causing us to see the world in a new way, in a way that brings us so much hope for the future. And, and our journey, your journey, it either participates with God or it doesn't. And so I want to ask you the question, where is your journey right now? Is it participating with God? Because what Jesus did for you, it's removed anything that could have hindered your participation with God. It stops you from being separated from God. And so right now is a moment where you can decide to write God into your story if you choose from today forward. And if you would like to do that, then I want to pray with you. And I want to invite you to pray with me, actually, and uh, to invite God into your life and to choose to follow Jesus. And so if that's you, why don't you pray along with me right now? Dear Jesus, I open my heart to you. Help me to follow you and to actively involve you in my life. Amen. And you know, that's a simple prayer, but really that's all that God's looking for is simple faith. 
And if you prayed that prayer with me tonight, or maybe you were wanting to pray that prayer, or you just want to know more about God or bringing God into your life, but you're not sure about it, then, hey, one of our hosts, our online hosts, is going to drop a comment with some instructions. And can I just encourage you to follow those instructions? Because uh, we just want to connect with you and help you Uh, on your journey of following Jesus or learning more about Jesus. We want to give you uh, a leg up as best as we can. And so why don't you do that right now as the host comments that. And I'm going to hand you back to Hannah, who's going to tell you a little bit more. But hey, I want to encourage us. Let's go and influence culture. Let's be bringers of salt and light. And let's change the conversation for the better. Amen. Thanks, Hannah.